0: Welcome to the Botched Finish Podcast. Enjoy the following honest conversation about wrestling for people you want to watch wrestling with. And now your host.
1: Welcome to Getting Over from the Botched Finish Podcast. Here as always, NC with Lopaki. We're, today we're gonna talk about everything happening in wrestling, what we like, what we don't, and what we're looking forward to. Lopaki, how you doing today?
0: yeah I'm doing really well today looking forward to um, getting to sit down with UNC and get a episode of getting over in the can it's been a little while since we had that opportunity so
1: yeah this is my uh, first podcast back from the holidays I hope everybody had a great great holiday break whatever you're celebrating I hope you had a good time with it and we're gonna get right into it with cheers and jeers so I'm gonna let you start and say what was the best thing in wrestling that you saw this week
0: So, uh, well, for me, I think it means a little bit more. I guess maybe I didn't register with everybody, but I really, really enjoyed the return of the Dusty Rhodes Tag Team Classic. Um, I mean, for a number of reasons, not the least of which is I think Dusty Rhodes is arguably one of the... Best in ring and most influential out of the ring, like people in the history of wrestling. I mean, very few people had the impact both in and out of the ring that Dusty Rhodes has. So um, remembering him is always a, a must. Um, I do like how they've structured the tournament this year, honestly. I think it's been fantastic in how it's presented NXT UK um, in the same light as NXT as far as the teams that are involved. And I think it'll lead really well into the Worlds Collide event coming up, Wrestle or Royal Rumble weekend. So that's something I've, I've really enjoyed. And the first couple of matches happened this week, both very, very good, well worked tag matches. So um, I recommend recommend checking those out and i recommend like paying attention and checking out the whole tournament just you know seeing the guys involved
1: yeah and we'll talk a little bit more of that when we get back to nxt and i thought this show was really strong and i think the dusty roads classic was was no small part of that the other thing i loved in my cheer from this week from nxt is someone that i've always loved i think we as a podcast love you, you and Vic talked about him earlier in the week and that's keith lee I
0: w- Keith Lee, Sorry. I
1: thought that match with Tayakoich priest and Grimes was just fantastic. I thought that was a a perfect way for to make all four men look strong. Lee was the right guy to go over. no pun intended there,
0: well, the only thing with Keith Lee is like. And don't get me wrong, first off, I agree, it was a very, very entertaining main event, um, number one contenders match, but it was a number one contenders match for the North American title, which, you know, is positioned as the secondary title on that brand. Now, Keith Lee, in a lot of ways, is already bigger than that belt. You know, don't get me wrong, I'm not saying he can't hold it, but... I'm also not I'm also pointing out that we would accept him as a, a legitimate challenger for Cole's belt. So maybe it's um maybe it's something that we can do to help build the North American title. I mean don't get me wrong, we've had fantastic people hold it in the past, you know, from current champion Roderick Strong to the inaugural champion Cole, we've had Ricochet, we've had Velveteen Dream, you know. It's been a um kind of a who's who of, of yeah, it's who's kind of hot a, that stepping stone belt yeah but uh what, I, what i'm arguing is you know that stepping stone may already be behind keith sure. Lee. like keith lee you know could very realistically step into a role on like raw or smackdown with the recent um exposure he's gotten and and do very well for himself so it would do more in my opinion for the belt than for Keith Lee. But um, as far as the way it was presented in that match, it, it was, you know, without a doubt, a, a you know, top notch match.
1: Yeah. And I, you're right. Giving someone else that opportunity could have worked without, you know, having to hurt Lee. He obviously wouldn't have taken the fall, but I don't mind him getting this opportunity Him getting gold. And I mean, we'll see how long he's on NXT. You You mentioned his, Potential popularity on Raw or SmackDown based off of Survivor Series. You know, you guys talked about him potentially making an appearance in the Rumble. We did.
0: And, I mean, that could be cool, by the way. I think he's one of the splashiest picks you could have from NXT to to make a Rumble appearance and, and have an impact, honestly. So um, that's kind of cool. And, and while we're thinking about it, Ricochet did have kind of a, a quick run on the North American title and then did make a debut with Raw. So he's not – it's not necessarily a a step away from where he wanted to be. I just –
1: Right. I, I, I don't know if Keith Lee will – ever be a in the nxt title belt picture now i'm not saying he won't be or he couldn't be obviously he's at a point in his career where he's a very realistic contender right now mm-hmm. but could he also kind of skip that and go right to Raw or smackdown if they see him as a as a major sell yeah he could
0: but well, i guess um I don't know, I feel like we need Keith Lee on the chase, like, and I guess if Roderick Strong retains and then they could do something there, but, you know, that's what I think would serve him best now, is, is not necessarily getting a title, but chasing a title that's why i want to see him and cole like more than cole and anyone else i want cole and keith lee i want to see keith lee have to you know try and chase cole in that belt and cole you know snake away each time or you know like that for me would be the probably one of the strongest story angles that they could run Mm -hmm. from here until um you know mania and that blow off takeover so i think that would be cool like if we could get a keith lee running at Adam Cole as champion, not Roderick Strong, that for me makes much more sense.
1: Yeah. Well, it's really, there's such a... There's so much talent at the top of NXT right now. Yeah. You can really look at a, a lot of different ways that they can do it, right? There's not... A lot of times in NXT, I, I've made this comparison before, I don't think on the podcast, where I've compared it to SNL. Where SNL always had, you know, your one or two guys or girls that were going to clearly be a star, get the most run on their sketches, and they were going to go get a movie deal or a TV show deal, and then the next guy up would start, right? NXT for a long time would have that one or two clear guys working the main event that were going to eventually get main roster call ups, and then someone from the rest of the roster would then take that role
0: right and then there's but there's to build off of your saturday night live um metaphor here there's the guys like chevy chase and will ferrell and chris farley and chris rock and like the people that just um really transcended the show like right away like we're almost bigger than the show right away so you know those are the guys that you do stick out in your memories and and i'm not saying there's you know anything you know wrong with being there and working your way up and all of that but i'm just saying that sometimes you you recognize a star or star potential and you know you you run with it and you know from all recent indications keith lee has that in spades so it's not... And and you you hit upon it really more um, when you said that it's so crowded at the top of NXT, because you're right. There's, you know, probably coming up on realistically double digits, like 10 different people, 10 different male wrestlers, we could realistically accept getting an NXT World Championship. Um, Keith Lee's obviously on that list, and it's... Well, it's kind of hard to position, so I, I imagine... If we could get the NXT North American title to a more prestigious point, which Keith Lee might be able to do, then it will feel like more a, you know, NXT World Champion A and Champion B as opposed to, you know, something else. So, hopefully, like, maybe that that's where they're going with it. They're feeling like Keith Lee could be the guy to establish the North American title as maybe just as prestigious as the NXT title. Um but yeah, we we'll have to wait and see, right? So that's a, that. That's kind of cool. Um, just seeing him in that mix and and maybe getting that title established to where it would be more helpful for others.
1: Yeah, I'm gonna go into my jeer here. Moving on, we got a little sidetrack there, but my jeer is something I'm not. I'm certainly not the only person saying. And I've, I've seen this from a lot of the world, and there's actually been some response to it from, from the person that most people are, are aiming their criticism at, and that's Kenny Omega. And what I'm talking about is the booking of the AEW women's division and the way that's been sloppily put together. Would you agree with that?
0: it's definitely fallen flat it's been a um an issue of contention for fans for quite some time pretty much since the beginning of AEW um I know me and Bic uh talked about it a little bit on the go home show this week but yeah no it's it's been a sore spot and I can't necessarily disagree with your feeling how it's been um you know poorly managed is probably the best way to yeah,
1: put it. Yeah, I think that's what I would say. And I, I did want to read a, a tweet from Kenny Omega in response to these criticisms. When he was doing a Q&A just a couple of days ago, somebody asked him, what do you think of the criticisms of the women's division? And he said, lately most criticisms, in quotes, I read are incredibly ignorant, depressing the amount of fans that have absolutely no class. That being said, I do try to sift through those to get to the actual constructive criticism. Now, he's kind of... Moving the blame, right, a little bit. And you can point out, wrestling fans, as along with most subsections of fan bases, can obviously be a little harsh on the internet. I mean, the internet is a, is a place where... Well,
0: it's a breeding ground for discontent. Right. Yes. That, that's what it is. And a lot of times the people that are unhappy with what's going on in the state of things are louder than the people that are happy about it. So, you know, as with everything on social media, you got to take it with a grain of salt, but um you know, I I think that's what Omega's saying there. Is he said that a lot of these criticisms are unfounded and just people venting? But um, he goes on to say, if I remember that, you know, he does take the time to try and sift through to find what constructive pieces are there. So, you know, that's encouraging to know that they do look at that stuff. But I, you know, you can't really blame somebody for saying that a lot of a lot of the feedback he sees on Twitter is is toxic because you know we see that that feedback as well. Hundred percent. So, um, now the real thing is, is how much of that feedback is warranted? Cause, cause that's why we're talking here. That's why the AEW women's division is part of our, um, you know, going under jeers section of this show. Right. So
1: mm-hmm.
0: let me ask you, what do you think in your mind, if you were to say, try and narrow it down to two or three main causes, what hasn't worked so far?
1: It it feels like there's been a lack of direction. If if that makes sense, you know, they have have been throwing a lot of stuff at the wall. I'm not sure if anything's really stuck at this point. I've never really... It's not to discredit any of the women. I think they have a lot of talented with the women in their, in their division. It's just... I've never been able to see an angle and be like oh okay i see where they're going
0: mhm okay
1: well and and that
0: i can i appreciate that and i agree with a lot of it cuz I, I what i see there is they i think they've put too much stock into the wrong places like I, I feel, for instance, and again, we talked about some big, but uh, Riho as a champion. Now, I think Riho is a great wrestler. Like I have no problems with her being in the women's division and even being a major player in it. I just think that her being the champion out the gate was not the right call, and it served more to... Uh, I don't know, alienate a lot of fans than it was then it served to to really make a lot of fans, and ultimately that's what AEW wants to do by having Reiko be the champion is to spotlight Japanese women or Joshi wrestling. So that I feel was was a a misstep. I feel like Riho would have been much better served chasing uh, a Nyla Rose or someone like that on the title. And that way we, we get to invest in that journey with them. Now, on top of that, I feel the people that have been able to get to, to gain or gather a a bit of momentum haven't been continued to be featured. So it's tapered off. And I'm thinking specifically about Nyla Rose because for me, Nyla Rose was the most, impressive woman out of uh, coming out of the gate prior to dynamite when we were doing fighter fest and fight for the fallen and and all of that like nyla rose was positioned to be a major player and then we still had some question marks as far as how much can awesome kong do And, and you know like she was position to be that big fearsome heel now if that big big fearsome heel is my champion and I have this 100 pound sweetheart Japanese you know baby face who can run at her that's a much better story and a much longer story than an immediate upset so booking out the gate was wrong and for me I feel like they've just trying to been play catch up they've been playing catch up ever since
1: yeah and Look, let's go back to the Riho booking decision, because I think I, without obviously we don't know anything behind the scenes, I think they look at her as a veteran who can carry the the belt and have good matches with anybody, right? Would you say that would be my that would be my guess as why you go with her as your initial champ?: I
0: don't agree. I I don't agree that they believe every Riho could have a good match with everybody because Riho, for instance, her one featured match on a pay per view was against Emmy Sakura when that spot could have realistically been Britt Baker's or you know somebody else, right? So it's. For me, I feel like the thought process behind making Riho the inaugural AEW Women's Champion was she is a potential star for us, but already an established Joshi star in Japan. Right. And if we want to highlight Joshi wrestling, let's get a popular Joshi wrestler and make her our champion. But I think that that is not the right.
1: What? I think that's a, a misrepresentation of their fan base in America. Yeah. That that could be where Kenny and again without knowing anything behind the scenes that could be where Kenny would shoulder some of that blame if he looked at that and said that's what's popular that's what's going to work here without realizing that it's a
0: different fan base
1: and and. You're right. I feel like the
0: reason that Japanese women are being featured and all that is is a Kenny Omega influence. And just to preface this, I don't necessarily disagree with it. I think there are some very talented women within the Joshi system, and I'm interested to see more talent get introduced to us. I just don't think AEW has done them any favors by booking Riho as the champion right off the bat. I feel like what we need in that division is to establish or... What's the right word? I guess push, push the right people. I, I think Britt Baker could be getting a much, uh, a much better. Um booking with her reaction i feel like she's actually for the most part been a pretty strong baby face i feel like hikaru shida if we're going to be looking at joshi wrestlers should be getting more attention than either riho or emi sakura who got her one-on-one title shot you know she has has been able to organically gain a reaction from the american crowd and i think at this point shida would be a better kind of ambassador or 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 spokesperson for japanese wrestling within aew and on top of that you know we do still have some established talent like awesome kong for instance now i know that they're tied up within what was going to be my gear it's the nightmare collective Mm mm-hmm OK, and and that while I see potential and I don't think a lot of people are really admitting that it hasn't been wor- it hasn't really been worked well. But the fact is, is Awesome Kong was the biggest name coming into this women's division before anything. So, you know, that's somebody who could very easily be put on a title, have like the backing of a faction and work it that way. They just Riho being on the belt doesn't seem to be leading anywhere fans want to go. So, um, you know, I, I want them to pivot. I, I really, like, I really wanted her to drop the belt in the fatal four-way. She didn't have to take a pin. We could get it to somebody else without having to make Riho look bad. But um looks like they're doubling down. So, you know, what we need is somebody who can maybe bring the best out of her. And I, I'm not sure who that person is with AEW right now.
1: Yeah, well, let's continue... Let's go into your gear because I do want to talk about the Nightmare Collective a little bit. Okay, so that's – the Nightmare Collective
0: is – it seems to be kind of a vanity project for Brandy Rhodes. And and I hate to say that because I know that there's a very negative connotation with that, right? But um I do believe Brandy's a talented performer. I, I think she could do a number of really great things. I thought she was a great valet for Cody for a long time. I think she prob she does serve more of a um what's the right word, like a uh, business type public relations role than any of the other um uh, members of the quote unquote elite, right? So they uh there's something there i don't think where she's positioned now as the um you know mouthpiece for a larger heel faction is really working out i'm not i don't see her getting the type of reactions that we need it's she's starting to garner the the feared go away heat (laughs) that people like to talk about and a lot of times that's overblown but when people are essentially skipping your segments on the show and and all of that then you know there needs to be some sort of um, you know reaction you, you need to do something to, to change the narrative and um that's what i'm waiting for like i feel like that whole situation needs to evolve now because it's getting over and we get the fantasy book a little bit this is what i want i want the nightmare collective to become Cody Rhodes' vehicle. Like, I want a a split in the Elite that we're already kind of heading towards with Omega and, and Pages issues. You know, if we put the Bucks and Omega over here with the OG Elite, so to speak, we give Cody this you know kind of demented broken thing and maybe even turn him heel like i mean honestly that would be one of the biggest words we 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 could see within aew like early part of this year cody can't go after the belt gets mad starts you know, showing maybe some quirks in his personality, and you know, next thing you know, him and his wife are running the Nightmare Collective, and then that becomes a much more intriguing storyline. And you know, we have Adam Page being broken off, and I think that's more so that they can still push him because I still see him want. I still see them wanting to get him to like, you know, top three or four singles guys in the country and in, in the company. So,
1: um, I, I do. I do like what they've been doing, or at least where I think they're going to be going with Paige. I'm, I'm very high on, on Hangman. I, I haven't been super in love with the Dynamite product of late. But I, I do think they're handling him well in a way that could potentially position him as a single star in a way mm-hmm. that I think he, he could get to.
0: Well, and I just I think they kind of came they kind of pushed him a little too hard out of the gate, but it is starting to happen more organically now, and he's getting to a better place with that that fan or you know the audience and um well the wider audience I should say because he already had a connection with the you know real die hard elite indie type wrestling fans that AEW did you know build a lot of its popularity at least early on out of so um, yeah has looked good um, I just think it's time for the top of that to shift and if it shifts in the right way it could do major things and be a big help for certain struggling storylines like the nightmare collective um but yeah there's it's time for for that to evolve to, to something different because i don't think the audience is is really swallowing what what they're doing now um, but, yeah, so that was that was the jeer there. I do quickly, while we're talking about AEW, I want to talk about DDP because this ties into something else I was concerned about this week. DDP is making a in-ring re- de- or, uh, return, almost a debut. That was decades ago. <laughs> but he's making an in-ring return um, on AEW. He's going to be doing a six-man match. And this ties into something else that's been reported with Edge potentially making a return for the – WWE and the Royal Rumble. Now, I, um, I've i talked before, we've all talked before at length about Legends returning um, in the past on the podcast, but I just... For these two guys in particular, I'm not convinced this is this is gonna go well. DDP, for instance, I mean he is he is older. I mean the man got his run when he was already older, and by now you know I know he looks good and he's a a, a yoga sensei or there's some there's some word for it. I can't remember what it is, but um you know a yoga guru, and he just. I don't see what purpose it serves to bring him back. I don't think he's able to have um, anywhere near the impact that he should. Like, and even if he's just going out there and playing the hits and, you know, hitting his diamond cutter and doing the bang con, like, I still don't think it's worth it because he doesn't do them very well. Edge, on the other hand, is a kind of a different—in a different boat for me. I think Edge may have a little bit more left in the tank just because he— he walked away due to an injury that has since been um, healed or managed to a point where he could think about a a short run. I just don't want him to. I I, I listen to his podcast and I follow him on social media. And honestly, he seems so happy. And all of that being, you know, Adam Copeland, loving husband and father. And, you know, I don't necessarily think Edge needs to come back and have a run in the ring. Uh, I may accept him doing something more like a kind of a mentor role, like I was talking on the other show, on the Go Home show, maybe coming back and tabbing a young tag team and, you know, kind of mentoring them and being an on-screen figure, because, you know, that that's something that, you know, he, he can still do and it wouldn't be a physical toll and he wouldn't have to probably make house shows, things like that, so, you know... I'd be more apt for him to come back like that because I think it'd be a better payoff and I think it'd be a longer deal. And honestly, I think Edge would be happier doing that. So um, I just – I don't want these to be handled poorly.
1: I I agree. Um, yeah, Edge is one of my all-time favorites. I would rather see him leave on top. Then, yeah. Then come like back he, and,
0: he almost had a perfect ending, save it, for the fact that it was caused by injury. It was
1: a little too short, you could say, but the way it was handled and done in his speech, everything was perfect. You don't want to see a guy come back and not be at the level that they once were. Yeah. Yeah, it, it's, you, you know, yeah. it's the way you see it in sports all the time where you know it's your Brett Favre's or Peyton Mannings who are on top for so long and then keep going to a point where they're no longer able to to be at the level they weren't you don't want to see that i will i want to speak to one difference between the two guys you mentioned which was when edge came back and hit that spear you know the music everything the pop was crazy right Mm -hmm. i was blown away by the lack of reaction ddp got
0: yeah well, d d p seemed like just a p over the hill snake oil salesman coming out there talking about his d d p yoga and all like like we get it that that's what you're doing now, but just come back and be d d p dude like i I just think that that kind of soured a lot of people listening to his promo um I think it probably been a little too long, honestly, since he made his last kind of wrestling like foray. Like, I mean, how much of the AEW audience really are able to say they know who DDP is other than the old former world champ that sometimes is around Cody? Like, it just it didn't make a lot of sense to, to have it there. And if DDP is going to come back again in a a different role then maybe I feel different but coming back and and being put into you know a, a top of the card type feud and and all of that just doesn't make sense to me so um I hope that goes well like I hope it, it turns and I hope DEP you know looks a little better than the um diamond cutters that he he used on um or he whipped out on Wednesday I just I'm not hopeful just kind of judging by You know, where he is age-wise and how long it's been since he's been in the ring. And I'm not convinced he's going to be able to get that big of a reaction with the AEW crowd largely being a um, younger, more, you know, uh, um, expecting more of an indie style of, of work.
1: Yeah. I mean...
0: But um, a couple of things while we are talking about AEW because we were a little negative there, um, a couple of things that I did enjoy I do want to kind of highlight here is I thought that the tag team work on AEW was getting a lot better. We are starting to see less continuity issues. These tag teams are uh, you know respecting the rules and it, it is getting better. So that's a big thing. That was a big criticism of mine um, from the basically the word go with AEWs. So, so that was nice to see. Um, they do have what is becoming a, a very um, deep tag division there. So that's um, that was big for me. I really actually did enjoy, there was a, some rough parts, but I did enjoy the Lucha Bros versus the Rhodes Brothers match.
1: <coughs> yeah, we talked about that before we even knew the whole AW roster of, you know, the potential that they had with some of the teams that, they have under contract and I th- I do think we're starting to see that and I'm excited I mean I ha- I haven't loved every every part of AEW mm-hmm. but I think the tag team has been consistently my my favorite stuff going right now
0: Well, I can't really say that. My favorite stuff has pretty much been whatever Cody or Jericho has been doing. Um, And that was actually the other thing really wanted to to show is getting over. Is that last segment, the Moxley-Jericho, will he or won't he join the inner circle and all that. I thought that was done very, very well. It was an entertaining segment. I thought both um, Jericho and Moxley sold it well. I think it was a... um, One of the more successful kind of in-ring, you know, um, angles that, that they've really pulled off so far. So I really wanted to point that out. I thought it was well done. I think Jericho and Moxie are going to be doing big business for AEW here very shortly. And, um yeah no that's kudos to them one thing that i um heard or kind of uncovered while we're going through social media earlier this week is apparently tony khan was actually the person behind that whole segment at the end he was the guy who designed it and like i want it to look like this and if that's true kudos to him i think that's awesome i'm not while we all know the horse the potential horror story that a over micromanaging meddling figurehead can cause with the wrestling company
1: no one in particular causing that statement huh
0: (laughs) well there's been an i know everyone's going to want to talk about vince but i'm not even thinking about vince directly there's been a number of those guys over the years um you know it's for somebody who has a talent for it and has a touch for it, you know, it's kind of cool to see. Like, I like seeing Tony Khan say, hey, this is what I want this to look like and if for it to be done well, because that shows me that he may know a little more than people give him credit for. And as somebody who's only ever grown up as a fan of wrestling, just like him, I like to think that, you know, it is possible for somebody like me to get in there and, and put some good stuff together. So, yeah, I, good job. Thanks. Thanks, Khan, for, for showing up. Absolutely. So um, that's that. Now, um, uh, we are – the next part of the show, we're going to be going over what to watch, right? hmm Great. Because there is uh, something I really want to get to. I got to talk about it a little bit earlier when I was talking about the Dusty Rhodes Classic. And that's the NXT UK brand. If you've been watching, and I think this is, it's obviously kind of a strategy to get more of the NXT UK stars in front of the wider NXT audience. They've had guys like uh, Travis Banks come over recently. We've had Kaylee Ray show up. Tony Storm show up on, you know, the main NXT brand. And so than that, half of the teams in the Dusty Roads Classic are NXT UK teams. I think this whole kind of, and you can't see me doing the air quotes, but the talent exchange between NXT and NXT UK has been done really, really well. I feel like the time that NXT UK has been given on NXT has really elevated the UK brand, and just in time for their next TakeOver event. It's actually... Um, as we record this, it's going to be uh, tomorrow, January 12th. It is in Blackpool, England. So I believe it'll be on like in the middle of the day here in the States. But um, we're going to, uh, if you tune to that on the WWE Network, you're going to be able to really see the the top part of that roster uh and in what they've been up to. We do get Walter defending his NXT UK Championship. We also do have um, the tag teams that are in the Dusty Roads Classic. So real quick, that's Gallus, Mark Coffey, and Wolfgang. Imperium, represented by Eichner and Bartel. Grizzled Young Vets, that's Gibson and Drake, who, by the way, are really underrated. I think that they could be really big. And then we have the... Um, kind of the fun baby face tag team of uh, Mark Andrews and Flash Morgan Webster. So those are the four teams from the UK brand in the Dusty Roads Classic. They have a four-way tag match um, for the UK tag belts. So that'll be kind of cool to check out. Um, again, we do have uh, Kaylee Ray and Tony Stormer on that card, Trent Seven, um, Tyler Bate, Jordan Devlin. In fact, um, Tyler Bate and Trent Seven are both in singles matches that I think are going to low-key be really, really entertaining. We have Bate and Jordan Devlin, who are probably the two youngest, most potential laden prospects in NXT UK and then we have uh Trent Seven and Eddie Dennis who have been friends and wrestled together on the England like UK circuit for years so they're going to you know have some familiarity and you know really be able to work with each other hopefully bring out the best match so as far as what to watch if you get a chance I recommend checking out NXT UK Take over Blackpool, not only because it'll be a good show, but it'll get you all up to speed for the World Collide event that happens on Royal Rumble weekend between the two companies.
1: And that's something I wanted to mention as well. You mentioned that women's match with Kaylee Ray and Tony Storm. That's a triple threat for the the women's belt with Piper Nev- Niven as well. It is. Who I'm super high on. I I do expect Tony Storm, who's gotten some some push recently on NXT. Yeah. Proper. I imagine there's a non-zero possibility that she walks away with that belt, and then when we see her and Rhea Ripley at Worlds Collide, it's now a champion versus champions match. It could very
0: well, very well work, work
1: that way. That's something I would like I could see. I think either way, that match is three really talented women that are going to really put on a heck of a match.
0: Yeah, no, I think it'll... it'll... I think that those three probably are the um, – yeah, it's safe to say they're the three um, top women sh- currently on, on the brand. So I think that would be cool. I, I do want them I, – I do want to see more of a even – playing like of even level between the two like i i don't because right now it feels like if tony storm leaves and shows up on the main nxt brand that that's kind of a promotion right and i don't i won't argue that they get there's probably more eyes on them they're probably a pay bump whatever i just i want to see the uk brand elevated and maybe it is i mean i know it's really popular overseas obviously so maybe it just over there it's it, it feels bigger than it does here but um I feel like a champion like Tony Storm staying and being on that belt and having a dominant run and then making appearances for big you know, NXT events could really help it. So um, I'm not necessarily signing off on um, anyone moving. I, I do want the belt to go to Tony, and I want that to mean that she's staying there.
1: Sure. and I don't think there's a wrong choice of those three women. They're all young, under 30, incredibly talented women. I I don't think there's a bad answer. I think Tony Storm does have the most potential of those three, and I I could see her being the biggest star ultimately. So I could see them wanting the belt on her. I again, to me, there's a lot of talent on this card. That would be my, you know, sleeper pick to steal the show.
0: Well, I uh, I feel like the Walter match is gonna be great. Joe people sleep on Joe Coffey. They, they do. Yeah, I think, I... I think he's uh, he's a lot better a singles competitor than most people give him credit for. I think he's the type of guy that's going to be able to give Walter a a brutal, hard-hitting match that he honestly hasn't been able to have with guys like Pete Dunne and Tyler Bate. I mean, don't get me wrong. Each of those matches were absolutely fantastic, but this is going to feel different. It's going to be worked different because Joe Coffey's able to give him a different kind of match. So that honestly is my early early, uh, odds on pick for match of the night, you know, yeah, I... go figure. I'm taking a risk by picking Walter on an NXT UK card. Um, but I'm more honestly, I, I really want to see how that tag, uh, match shakes out because again, it'll be kind of important to see where those belts are going into world collide. Um, oh, and it's a ladder match. So that that's that's even more interesting. So you, those um you know multi team tag team ladder matches just happen to steal the show more often than people give them credit
1: for. Yeah, this is a one of those matches. It's it's not a it's not a big card. It's five five matches, and I expect all five to be high to be quality. Good. I I don't think there's a match on here that that you would look at at least on paper and and think is your your bathroom break match anything. Uh, I think every the five matches on the card have the potential to be great all in very different ways, which I think is exciting as a fan. Yeah,
0: definitely. So, okay. So now, um, there is one other show that I was wanting to, to highlight for what to watch Now, Did you want to hit on anything else with NXT UK or?
1: No, I, I do think it's something that we'll keep, we'll keep talking about and, I'm very interested when we come back next week and look at the results of that match as we're getting closer to Worlds Collide, how much crossover will we see with NXT UK? Mm -hmm. You mentioned it in the Dusty. We're already seeing it a lot. I think that's going to be a storyline in this tag match. And I'm interested to see how that plays out and how they try to incorporate both of those
0: Yeah, where that kind of looks going into Royal Rumble weekend. No, And I agree completely there. Um, So, yeah, let's move on. And what I want to talk about is I actually want to talk about Impact Wrestling and specifically the Hard to Kill pay-per-view, which is um, Sunday. It's – I believe it's – what's that? Yeah, January 12th, so Sunday. And uh, the reason I want to talk about that is because it's history-making there's no other way to put it is on Sunday, we are going to have the first ever women's wrestler challenge for a major promotions world championship in the main event at a pay-per-view all at once. And it's going to be Tessa Blanchard against the uh, Sammy Callahan. Now I know that recently on Twitter, tessa's been getting catching some flack but this is a monumental moment for women as far as i'm concerned this is a um a real kind of watershed moment and it's it's a it's a slippery slope with intergender wrestling but as far as tessa versus sammy callahan go i think that this has been built better than any other uh, intergender rivalry i I can think of at least at a major level i think that they are two wrestlers in their uh, prime such an overused word but like kind of in their moment and in their element right now i feel like Pretty much, you know, whatever they're trying is really working. At least with the Impact crowd, if it's not, you know, getting a lot of attention elsewhere. So, yeah, I definitely wanna wanna shout that out. That um, Impact Wrestling has a hard to kill pay per view coming uh, coming up this Sunday. The card itself is going to be stellar. Um, I've been following the show the last little bit to cover it on the undercard, and I can tell you, we're going to get some really worthwhile matches from some guys that, you know. If you haven't seen, you should see, and if you haven't been watching, you should be watching more of. Like that like gets a good card, so I recommend checking it out. And again, it's right there at the top of the card. The main event is going to be history making.
1: Yeah, and I, I want to touch on that briefly. And I don't want to go too far into it. Obviously, we're not we're not highly in the know on on her personal goings on, but it's, it's it is worth talking about. I know both of our timelines have been filled with. With stories, she has now come out and refuted. She
0: being Tessa Blanchard. She
1: being Tessa Blanchard. Tessa Blanchard refuted in specifically a tweet by Chelsea Green calling her out for using her for clout. She then went. She being Tessa Blanchard then went on to give a blanket statement saying these things are are not true that people are saying and that there's not a point in her responding to them. That's fine. I'm gonna believe the women who are are talking. That does not negate the moment for women's wrestling. Yeah, I think both things can be true. She can be a terrible person. Again, we don't know specifically, and it can still be. It can a, still be really important in the doors that this will open up for women's wrestling promotion across the country going oh, forward. Well, oh,
0: definitely, yeah. It 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 definitely is, and um, you know. I, again, you know, I don't have any firsthand knowledge, obviously, of Tessa being less than a, uh, you know, upstanding person, and I'm not going to go so far as to say anyone's lying like she's claiming. I just think, you know, there's probably two sides to everything, and if we heard both sides, the truth's somewhere in the middle. So, you know, it is what it is, but, you know, facts are facts, and the fact is that tomorrow Tessa Blanchard's going to make history, and I it's something that I think people should should tune in for. Absolutely. So um, now there's that. The other thing I was wanting to talk about with Impact just real quick. Um, I wanted to give a shout-out to RVD and Ken Shamrock. They're on that card. Just <laughs> the, the the fan in me wanted to do that. So, yeah, get it. if you haven't uh, had a chance recently, get a little nostalgia going. RVD and, and Ken Shamrock, the ageless Ken Shamrock, are also resting on that Impact card. So...
1: Wow. Okay. As someone who's not watched or kept up with Impact at all, I did not expect that.
0: But... Yeah. So, yeah, it's a, it's, it's an, it's an interesting card. Like I'm honestly pretty, pretty excited to watch it. Like I feel like match wise there's going to be some real surprises so um anyone who does watch it watch make sure you catch the ace austin trey miguel match for the x division title that is a gonna be killer it's my pick for match of the night i know Tessa's is a big is a huge monumental event with callahan and then we have some you know old school fan favorites that i just i can't help but tune in and see what they're up to with rvd and ken shamrock but that that match with um ace austin and uh, trey miguel is is going to be fire it's going to be amazing
1: so before we move on to our last segment is there anything else in in regards to in-ring wrestling that you want to touch on
0: no no i mean i feel like we we kind of we kind of covered it as far as what we liked best and some of the low points of the week but um yeah no it's uh i feel like we we got a good good handle on that now it'd be interesting i'd be interested to do another one of these episodes after this weekend with uk and um hard to kill going on so we should look at that
1: yeah absolutely and we're going to move on to something we have not done before but we're going to bring it out when there's something worth talking about. And that is our Hollywood corner. Cause as much as we love wrestling, we do also love pop culture at large. Right. And it is important when those two worlds collide, no pun intended, <laughs> because that is a way to get other fans interested in wrestling or bring them back with they haven't, if they've left professional wrestling fandom. And there's two things that specifically I wanted to talk about. I was going to let you start.
0: Oh, yeah, so what I was wanting to bring up is um, I'm a big, as we talked about, pop culture fan. I watch the um, Arrowverse on the CW network, so that's Arrow, Flash, Black Lightning, Supergirl, all of that. Anyway, um, Stephen Amell, who is the Green Arrow, Oliver Queen, he's leaving the show this season, and his next project has been announced as a wrestling based series he's going to be appearing in the series uh titled heels it's uh, going to be on the stars network and it's going to center around wrestlers um back in the territory days now from what i understand tentatively they're looking at releasing at the end of this year um there's still um tying uh, more actors to it and i believe production's going to start sometime in the spring hopefully so that'll be cool to keep an eye out for i'm super excited for it i think it'll be a, a a fun show to catch um
1: yeah and as, as someone who watches the arrow shows as well you know i do like steven amell and we do know Stephen amell is a big wrestling fan this is not his first time
0: taking a step into the wrestling world not not at all and i imagine cody rhodes is gonna have to make an appearance somewhere on that show
1: i would expect and cody rhodes who was a villain on arrow at some point as well as having worked multiple times now with amell in, in professional wrestling, I, I would be surprised if he does not play at least some sort of role as a, a wrestler in the show, mm-hmm. which I think we are obviously going to keep an eye on going forward. Oh, without a doubt.
0: Without a doubt. It's going to be a – I think it will be a really entertaining show, especially with lately we've had shows like Glow on, yeah, absolutely. on Netflix really make an um, impact and get an audience. So I think that this will be in that same vein. I don't think it will be as comedic. I think it will be a more – gritty hands-on take. I mean, it is going to be on a premium cable network. So, um, I'm interested to watch it. Like, I think it's probably the one I'm most excited for, except for one that you actually told me got announced. Well,
1: I do want to say that that healed show is on stars, correct? Yeah. So that is something to look out for. The other show I would like to talk about is, you know, wrestling's favorite actor, everybody's favorite actor, the biggest actor in the world based off of, of gross, Box office numbers, and that's none other than Dwayne The Rock Johnson. So he was just today given a NBC show, given straight to series, because it's The Rock, so they're not going through pilots. (laughs) It's picked up 11 episodes that The Rock will appear in, all 11, reportedly. Now we don't know in what capacity he will appear. Will it be, will he play a character, will he narrate, or something, but this will be a show entitled "The Young Rock," and now I hope that's a working we, title. We, yes, but it's an eleven episode series about Dwayne the Rock Johnson as a kid, so we don't know exactly what that will look like yet. We don't know what age or where he'll be in that show, but as fans of the rock as fans of wrestling, we're certainly interested, and one thing that I would like to bring up is you know wrestling is a part of the Rock's life, right? It was a part of his life growing up and it was a part of his you know his adult life. His adult together. life. So well, I, I have to imagine wrestling will play some sort of role in this show. Well, I
0: think that it will probably be a, a fairly large role on the show. Even if it's not, you know, unless we don't get wrestlers every week or anything. I mean, a lot of Rock's younger years was you know uh, uh, lived around the world of professional wrestling so that'll be cool like we don't exactly know where that's going to take us and if you know anything about the rock story it's it's a um well it's a varied one like i mean there's there's highs and lows and i think that could be really uh, compelling to see um now i kind of picture it probably being more of like an everybody hates chris chris rock type that, of thing. that was the comparison
1: so, i i'm uh, thinking as well it, um, it is being labeled as a sitcom
0: yeah so i i mean but still we should get a a good amount of wrestling crossover i'd I'd imagine
1: and i would expect to see some wrestlers portrayed on that show Mm -hmm. since we know you know his family and people in his life were were professional wrestlers from yesteryear so i'm looking forward to see that i don't understand how the rock will have time to to be on every episode of his show as well as ballers as well as hosting titans games as well as acting in basically every franchise known to man but good for him we're gonna watch it
0: well, yeah. No, it'll, it'll be worthwhile. And he's, um, you know, while we're talking about wrestlers and sitcoms, Big Show has his show coming out. He's, um, It's a joint production between WWE Studios and Netflix, where Big Show essentially is going to play himself, but he's going to have a teenage daughter. And um, people move in with him, that type of thing, kind of like Last Man Standing is what, I'm, is what I'm getting out of it. But uh, that's happening. I, I'm not sure. I want to say that's also going to be debuting this year. Um, from what I've heard, it's still worth working title is The Big Show Show i could i could stand to see that one changed <laughs> but um that'll be worth watching so those are two um now on the other side of things though as far as like uh, more non-fictional shows go i do want to shout out there is going to be a season two for each of the wrestlers and uh dark side of the ring which are two um you know more documentary style shows that are available on viceland so those are worth checking out i personally binge watch the entire season of dark side of the ring at once like it was a it was really cool really informative and if you're a a a fan of like i guess wrestling history or wrestling lore, like i am it's it's a must watch so recommend checking those out so again kind of the documentary non-fiction side of of um the wrestling shows that's the wrestlers and dark side of the ring um, not to mention what we talked about earlier with the Rock Show, Heels, what the Young Rock Show. Thank
1: you, thank
0: you. Heels, the Big Show show. So. Oh, <laughs> yeah, those, those are bad. And then Glow, um, the la- the last two of which are going to be on Netflix. So lots of kind of wrestling-related pop culture shows to, to check out.
1: And ultimately I think it's good. It's it's exposure to the business. It's exposure to the the – workers to you know Mm -hmm.
0: well and you know that that bridge between wrestler and actor is getting shorter and shorter all the time with guys like rock and cena making successful crossovers and to certain extents people like hogan and miz and big show and once upon a time, Paul White was in a movie, or Paul, not Paul White, Paul Levesque, otherwise known as Triple H, was in a movie with uh, Wesley Snipes. So.
1: He's, he's been in a couple. They, <laughs> I think, about half of the working roster appeared in Psych on USA Network, which is one of that, my favorite shows. Yeah, I love Psych. That's so, true. That's true. So know, th- this is not certainly the first time, but we are at a point where there's more content available to us with all the streaming networks and and everything going on. It feels like every day I'm seeing new shows get picked up for. For pilot or for for season, so it's it's cool to see you know especially in, when these guys have great stories like we know The Rock does. Mm-hmm. L- let him tell that story in the way that he wants. You know he'll be a part of it, and you know, I'm sure it'll be funny. He's a hilarious guy. And
0: yeah, no, I I can't I can't wait. Uh, and it'll be I imagine it'll be a success because The Rock's tied to it, and The Rock is King Midas right now, turning everything into gold.
1: Absolutely, <laughs> and I I think that about wraps up you know the hollywood corner anything you want to close with apache
0: uh well no i mean um i I guess just want to remind the listeners here that we uh, are love we love all the interaction we can get so if you have any questions or any comments about the show anything you may want us to answer on the next episode please don't be hesitant you can get at the show on twitter that's at botched underscore finish uh you can get at myself i'm at rob lopaki r-o-b-l-o-p-a-k-i um again anything any thoughts you have feedback anything like that dude we'd love to love to hear it uh do you want to get your handles in nc
1: yeah not the fake nc underscores between each word
0: yeah and uh we are available man uh love talking about wrestling don't be shy um in the meantime i guess just let me thank you for for listening we always appreciate it Absolutely. Until next time. Yep. Stay classy.